Welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life. Excited once again to be coming at you. And I know that sounds weird, but I just really enjoy doing these podcasts and uh, got some big things coming forward in 2022. Hopefully we'll be picking up some sponsors to kind of offset some of the cost and stuff on these. And we're going to be doing a lot more interviews in 2022 with uh, some local Hampton Roads runners. And I'm even going to reach out to some of my former running buddies back in Wyoming. There's a couple back there that I think people would just have a lot of fun getting to know. And uh, so we're going to we're going to do some different stuff coming up in 2022, but we're going to finish this year strong. And so uh, part of that is just to continue to try and provide you with these quick little bursts of a podcast so you can play on a short run and and just get your mind thinking a little bit. So um, with no further ado, let me launch into this week's topic. This week's topic, I want to talk to you about how to live like you run. The reason I came up with this is if you watch people run long distances, it's a perfect example of how to live a full life. Now, I didn't get into endurance running because I'm a natural athlete. I'm actually not. The real me that doesn't run for 24 hours is more capable of tripping on a crack in the sidewalk than running 100 miles. So how does a nerdy, somewhat socially awkward, and overly analytical klutz run trails and mountains with gifted athletes? That's a great question. The answer can only really lie in a deep desire to live a full life, the life promised to us, which transforms all the awkwardness and insecurities into something that can produce good fruit. See, when I decided that I wanted to live a full life back a couple years after I decided I was tired of living a discouraged, uh, very unfulfilling life where basically I was just waking up in the morning and you know, going to bed at night and sometimes I'd run and but I wasn't getting any, any fulfillment out of it. I had no relationship with my God. I had very little relationship with my amazingly beautiful and stupendous wife. And I was just a frustrated person. And, and everything, my whole life was just full of frustrations, which made me more angry. You know, I woke up one morning and I went out for a run and I happened to get up into the Bighorn Mountains of Wyoming and I'm out on this trail and something woke up inside of me. Something said, hey, this is not you. This discouraged, disgruntled, frustrated, angry person is not who you were created to be. And so I decided to do something about it. As I ran that day, I came back to uh, a verse out of the Bible that really has always taken me by storm. It's a John 10.10. 10. Thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life to a full. Well, I've defined that life to a full as I began to understand it and as I began to wake up and as I began to think I can live a life that's full, I began to look at it as living an ultra life, which coincidentally coincided with me running 50 miles on my 50th birthday in 2014 and all of a sudden discovering that there's all kinds of insane people out there who do these long distances for fun. The answer to the question of how does this nerdy, somewhat socially awkward and overly analytical klutz run trails and mountains with these amazingly gifted athletes is that I had a deep desire to live a full life. I wanted to live a life that I knew I wasn't living. And so how I run and how I watch tremendous athletes run is how I'm living life. 
When I'm running, I'm deeply at peace. You'll see me smiling a lot during my runs. Even after a long and challenging run, I'm still smiling. I study running, how to run injury-free, and I put those studies into practice. I watch videos of gifted athletes running. But I'm not trying to copy their gait. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to catch a glimpse of their attitude towards running. Maybe that's why I'm a fan of the elite women endurance runners more than the elite men. Watch Courtney DeWalter, Camille Heron, Casey Lichtig, or Katie Asmuth run sometime. What you see when you watch these women run is unbridled joy. It's like that old verse, like calves led from a stall, is coming true before your eyes. The only thing you see is that they don't hide when they're going through a struggle on a run. These runners wear it openly as if they know a secret. And their secret is that they know that this too shall pass. They're prepared for the struggle. They embrace the struggle and they get to the other side. I just really, really enjoy that. The third thing that you'll notice is that when they finish, whether it's first or far back in the back of the pack, they accept the outcome, they share the honor with others, and they seek to help others be like them. Wow, those three ways to live as you run just may be a catalyst that a lot of people are looking for to live a full life. It's, it's amazing what happens when you run free and unfettered, when you don't hide your struggle like it's something to be ashamed of, and when you accept the outcome knowing that others can live through what you're doing. Let's talk about the first one. Why is it important to run free and unfettered, and especially so important today? If we were to be honest with ourselves, does it really seem like people are living free today? Or does it seem to you that people are living lives bound up and chained? See, to me, I would say the latter. I would say that I see a lot of people living lives that they're bound and they're chained to something. I was recently introduced to a book that I probably would not have read at any other time in history. However, the frustrations and stress of the last two years attracted me to a book by an elite marathon runner. This book is uh, Ryan Hall's book, Running with Joy. And I'm just going to tell you, buy it, download it on Audible, however you listen to books, please, please go and just give this book a try. Ryan Hall, Running With Joy. All right, so he has a quote in this book, and it goes like this. All of us, fast and slow alike, can experience something that is just as sweet as winning. My message is that even if you don't land on the podium or run a personal best, even if you have a bad workout, or are struggling with an injury, you can experience joy to the fullest. See, that one quote exemplifies for me what it means to run free and unfettered. Unfettered, as defined by Merriam-Webster Dictionary, means not controlled or restricted. When I am running free and unfettered, I feel as if I could run forever. doesn't matter whether I'm on a trail or a road. My thoughts are clear. Stress and frustration melt away. As I listen to my body and block out all the noise from the world, my spirit is freed. As I finish my run, I resolve to live the same way I run. And the keys to living free and unfettered are simple, yet very difficult at the same time. Number one is to block out the noise. It is so noisy today. Now, I know I've talked a lot about moving from Wyoming to Hampton Roads, and one of the biggest things is the noise that you experience when you're running. I, I don't think I'm joking when I say that I see and hear more cars in a six-mile run 
in Hampton Roads than I saw in my seven and a half years of living in Sheridan, Wyoming. It is so noisy. But that's not the only noise. See, we've got noise coming at us from social media. We got noise from their news media. We got noise from our bosses at work. We got noise from every single place that you can possibly imagine for you teachers out there. You got noise coming from your kids. You got noise coming from administrators. You got noise coming from school board council people. You got noise coming from parents. I can't imagine being a teacher today. God bless every single teacher. You deserve an extra measure of grace and mercy. I don't know how you're doing it. You're, you're heroes in my, in my word. So that was just a put in there for, you know, teachers. Total rabbit trail has nothing to do with anything. But if you're a teacher out there and you're listening, God bless you. Um, but it's so vital in today's culture to do everything you can to block out the noise surrounding you. Put aside your electronic leash. Yeah, that's the thing called a cell phone, laptop, tablet. Set it aside for a set amount of time each day and give yourself a break from the barrage. I literally take an hour out of every day and don't attach myself to the leash. I will at work go out and put my phone in my glove box. I know that sounds weird. I need to just block out the noise. And when I block out the noise, guess what? I'm at peace again. And I can do what I'm called to do. The second thing is to listen to your body. Have you ever had that feeling where you feel like you're walking around with weights on your shoulders? Well, there's a reason for that. You're carrying your thoughts and emotions, and a lot of them you're not even supposed to be carrying. You know, it's like that old story that they tell you about the guy, and he's walking down the road, and he's got this bag on his back, and every once in a while he stoops over, and he picks up a rock, and he puts it in the bag, and he, he walks, and he just looks so worn out and bent and broken. And finally, somebody stops and says, why do you keep on picking up these rocks? And he said, I don't know. I just thought I was supposed to pick up rocks. Well, that's what it's like when you're picking up on the emotions and the thoughts that are going on around you. Some of those you don't need to be picking up. Because all they're doing is they're weighting you down. Listen to your body. When it's time to empty the bag of rocks that you got slung over your shoulder, empty the bag of rocks. And you know, I I know this sounds crazy. One of the best ways that I have learned to empty my bag of rocks is to go out for a very, very slow, low-paced run where I literally sometimes just fling my hand out to the side like I'm throwing a rock off. And I'm throwing off the thoughts and emotions that I'm not supposed to be carrying that are weighing me down from being and living at my best. And the third thing is to choose joy. No, seriously. It's your choice whether you choose bitterness or joy. See, I spent a lot of years of my life from about 2008 to about 2014, 15, choosing bitterness. I chose bitterness every day. Therefore, I was a bitter person. I was an angry person. I was a frustrated person. I wasn't a lot of fun to be around. And what I did was I just said, okay, God, I'm going to choose joy today. What happened is as I began to choose joy every day, resentment started to take a back seat. And the other thing that happened is I got to energize. Joy will energize you and it'll make your life more freeing. Now, that's the first thing is run free and unfettered. The second thing to live life like you run is don't be ashamed of the struggle. 
One of my favorite pictures of Courtney DeWalter was at the 2021 UTMB. There was a point in the race where there was a picture of Courtney, and you could tell she was not having fun. She was firmly seated on the struggle bus. However, then you see her coming into the finish, and the pictures of her smiling face coming into the finish line with the victory are priceless. Guess what? Nothing in life is going to be easy. There will be struggles. There will be defeats. There will be many things in life that do not go as planned. The biggest thing I have learned in endurance running that crosses over to life is to embrace the struggle, figure out how to get through the battle, and finish well. In a recent 24-hour race, I was 21 hours in, and I began weaving back and forth on the trail. It was like 5 a.m. I had over 80 miles on my feet. Everything within me felt like this was the end of the race, and as I ran straight where I was supposed to turn left, I vaguely heard a voice behind me, and then some gra- somebody grabbed my arm and pulled me to the left. Instead of getting run over by the bright lights of the approaching car that I was running toward, I finished that race strong. And I, I learned a couple things through the struggle. Don't hide the struggle or try to run from it. Embrace the struggle, and here's the key, figure out how to get through it. That is the key to not just running long distances, but to running this race called life. The second thing is there's always somebody willing to help you fight through the struggle. Let them. Don't try to get through the struggle alone. You are not a lone ranger. I thought for many years that I was a lone ranger because I was more comfortable with myself by myself than I was with other people. But I learned that other people are waiting to help me through the struggle. During my 24-hour race, that other runner not only pulled me in the right direction, but she also told me to sit down for five minutes and gather my thoughts before going out and on the loop. That five-minute little sit saved my race and enabled me to continue to, guess what, a top 10 finish. Oh my gosh, for a back-of-the-pack runner, a top 10 finish is like nirvana. It was amazing. The third thing is just because something looks shiny and bright doesn't mean it's safe for you. On a dark path with sunrise still over an hour away, the lights from the nearby road looked so inviting to me as I was weaving my way on that path. There's going to be a lot of bright things like alcohol, drugs, food, or binge TV watching that look inviting. They're not. These things are bright and shining. They will steer you away from finishing well. If you're feeling alone in the struggle and you don't believe there's hope, please know. There's always somebody willing to help you in the struggle. Don't struggle alone is a great resource when you're ready to fight through the struggle. Don't struggle alone is an organization that is out there. They're waiting to help you. So I got to tell you about a thing that happened the other day. I uh, Veterans Day, I decided to go run Veterans Bridge. So this Navy veteran went and he's running Veterans Bridge and just enjoying himself on Veterans Day. As I was crossing over the bridge, I came running down the path, kind of southbound, and there was a guy that was walking up the bridge. And you could tell he was a veteran. He had a cap on and a shirt, and you could definitely tell he was very proud of his service time. And I did, you know, the typical, you know, runner head shake. Hey, how you doing? The first time I passed him. Got down to the end, I turned around and went back up because I was doing another crossing. And as I got up to him, I stopped and I said, hey, happy Veterans Day. We just stopped there in the path and we started talking about Veterans Day and everything. And he shared a story with me that, you know, six months before, he was ready to commit suicide. He had gone to Iraq, had a really, really tough time in Iraq. 
definitely suffering from PTSD. And six months ago, he was contemplating suicide, and he chose to live. I thought that was the most courageous thing in the world, and I told him that. And then I asked him if I could pray with him, and I prayed that he would grasp John 10.10, and that he would accept it as a truth in his life, and that he would begin to live life to the full. You know, that was probably my favorite Veterans Day out of every Veterans Day I've ever done before, because I got to talk with a veteran who has been through the struggle, been run out, but he made the most difficult choice. He chose to continue on fighting. And so I got to tell you, if you're in that place right now, remember, there's lots of people that are ready to go through the struggle with you. They're there to go through the tears. They're ready to go through the joy with you. So accept the outcome no matter what it is. Everybody wants to finish first, right? But the fact of the matter is that all of us are going to finish first at whatever we set out to do. It's also great to have a plan, but knowing when that plan is falling apart and being willing to accept what you're given is also a way to live life to the full. I watched my friend Dick Grindstone, who kind of was dreaming of a 24-hour finish at Grindstone 100, and it was a lot harder than he thought. And instead of giving up, I watched this guy do what exemplifies tremendously strong runners. This guy scratched and clawed his way through, and when he finished, he accepted his outcome with the most amount of grace and the most amount of joy. This dude was smiles for all almost 31 hours of running. Every time I saw him, he was full of smiles. He was full of encouraging other people. He, he exemplifies what it means to accept the outcome when your plan falls apart figure out what you're gonna, you're gonna need to do to get there funny enough he's gonna be our interview in December so look forward for that I was reading a article the other day it's a, it's called uh, what to do when everything falls apart on race day by uh, Brooke Ellie Danielson and she had a quote in that thing that said while complete and utter disappointment are natural feelings letting go of the things you can't control almost always helps the letdown. That's how you adapt. Learning how to let go of the things you cannot control is one of the most challenging things we'll do in this human experience called life. We all want to control everything about our lives, so telling us to let go, it seems foreign and seems counterproductive. However, running has taught me, running has taught me precious lessons for living a full life. You can believe you're preparing for everything and then life throws you a wicked curveball. I remember driving to the start of the 50-mile mountain race and the sun came up with a blue sky stretching forever. An hour later, as the race was starting, clouds moved in and we were being pelted with tiny ice pellets as we hit the first long stretch of single track. By the time we made it to the first aid station eight miles away, the ice pellets had turned to snow falling so hard and fast you couldn't see your hands in front of your face. This was June. I believe this was a year in the race where I could set my personal best as the trails up to this point were dry and the weather was cool and clear. With the changes, the trail turned to mud where we could see it, and the day continued in varying degrees of wetness. There were no personal bests set that day, but a finish was still to be had. The curveball and the outcome weren't what I wanted, but I still overcame and accepted what I was handed. So the second thing is, when you do something significant, share that honor with the people who aided you in getting there. No accomplishment is done by you solely. There's always a crew helping you. Every ultra race that I have finished, there have been so many people that have helped me 
that I can't count. I thank every volunteer at an aid station. Man, I hug the crap out of my wife because she helps more than I ever could imagine. Anybody who has crewed me at a race knows that I am going to be very, very thankful for you crewing me. My sister-in-law crewed me at a couple races, and I just, I will never be able to thank Diana enough for giving up her time to, you know, spend time out on a trail crewing me. There are always going to be other people in the struggle. Thank them. The third thing is whether you're the first place finisher or the last place finisher, know that there is a crowd of people watching how you accept your finish. Your smile or high five acknowledging people along the way may be just what they needed to get back in their race and finish strong. I've had a couple of, you know, dead freaking last finishes, and I've had people come up and say, man, thanks for persevering through that race and continuing to do what you did. Your smile and your just continuing to get up every time you got knocked down made me want to get back in the race. You know what? People are watching you. When you accept the outcome, you're much more likely to see great things happen in your future. Overanalyzing what went wrong will never propel you to the prize for which you're running, whether that be in life or an actual race. You know, when we live like we run, or when you decide you want to live like you watch people running, there's an amazingly full life out there, and I cannot tell you enough how much life there is left to live. That's it for this week's episode of Living an Ultra Life.